0: Support for this podcast is provided by ThatCast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. So we like to say we're democratizing access um, to commercial real estate, and we're really helping people build wealth both on the sponsor side as well as the investor side. And so this platform connects those individuals.
1: Hi everyone, you're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a show about inspiring business leaders from Portland and beyond. I'm Dan Bruton, and on today's episode is Molly Moore, the Chief Marketing Officer for Portland startup CrowdStreet. Molly, thanks for being on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Dan.
1: So you, you know, you're you the Chief Marketing Officer of CrowdStreet, which is, um, to me, it's really interesting what you guys are doing. You're the, one of the fastest growing companies here in Portland, I think you just told me number three, yep. right, by the Portland <laughs> Business Journal. So you started this role in the fall, so you've been there just under a year. So you want to get into your, your career path, but let's talk about the company itself first. Sure. It's really kind of disrupting the whole kind of investment and the commercial real estate, right? So if you don't mind just giving a little background on what the company is and what you do.
0: Yeah, sure. So we were formed out of some, um, federal legislation changes from Barack Obama, Mm. um, uh, called the jobs acts. And basically that allowed legalized the ability to market commercial real estate online. Um, and so a lot of these, um, we call them crowdfunding organizations were formed around yeah. that time. We started in 2013 and launched our marketplace that is you know, basically a, p- a software platform that allows um, commercial real estate firms, we call them sponsors, to connect with individual investors who want to invest um, in smaller amounts, say $10,000 or above, uh, into commercial real estate in a way they never had been able to before. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to say we're democratizing access um, to commercial real estate, and we're really helping people build wealth, both on the sponsor side as well as the investor side. And so this platform connects those individuals.
1: Yeah. And let's get into that because before, you know, I have a lot of friends that worked in commercial real estate and it, you know, it, it, it's like this old kind of stodgy kind of industry. Yeah. Like, It's still very black box, right? Yeah, so we this, call it
0: the country club set.
1: Exactly. Like <laughs> that's what I was getting at, right? So it was very much like that. So um, when you started that, what was your reaction when the platform first Open? Was it from that, the, the industry?
0: Yeah. So and- it, it, it really has been driven by the investors mostly, yeah. right? Because investors really want this access to alternative investing. If you think about stocks and bonds, you know, a lot of us aren't exactly thrilled with how our portfolios have performed. Mm-hmm. Um, and commercial real estate is pretty sexy, right? I mean, if you look at the results over the past, you know, since say 2000, if you invested um, 25000 or $50,000 um, in 2000, you'd be 73 percent ahead of where stocks and bonds would be with commercial real estate Mm -hmm. and so um you know really allowing folks to gain that access the sponsors the commercial real estate firms on the other side have been a pretty slow to adopt initially because, you know, everything is offline with them and we can get into it a little bit more, but I mean, we, most of the commercial real estate firms that we work with, especially early on, I mean, they're managing their clients on spreadsheets. They might have an email application or, you know, a financial software package, but otherwise everything is an offline. So we're really bringing that online.
1: So what markets do you, are you guys in, is it a national? platform, right? Yeah, so
0: it's everywhere. So, you know, that's one of the things that we really bring to the table, especially against our competitors, is just this whole idea of deal flow. So we have a lot of different types of deals. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in all geographies. So if you think about diversification, not only diversifying your portfolio outside of stocks and bonds, but diversifying within commercial real estate itself, right? So you might have and be able to invest in a multifamily asset in Dallas, an office building in Seattle or something in New York, right? right. And so that means that if a hurricane hits one of these regions, right, and something goes sideways, you're diversified across.
1: So your role, I mean, there is, because it is kind of this new market, uh, it's a lot of education, probably, right? Right. And so what are some of the things you're doing as you know the head of marketing to kind of educate the market or, or, or get people interested? And I'd love to kind of learn more about that. I you know a lot of marketers listen to this podcast, and yep. you're probably interested. you know, <laughs> breaking new ground.
0: So. Well, one of the things I love about this job that's been so interesting, and I, I realized it before I started, but I didn't really realize the impact until after I came on board, was it's a new industry, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, kind of coming from most recently in telecom and IT services, which, you know, great organization great company but super boring (laughs) it's not too exciting to market (laughs) so you know there is no roadmap to follow here Um, and so you're right since it is a new industry education is critically important and again we really have two core customers we serve the sponsors and the investors so we have to educate both of those and of Mm -hmm. course there's personas within those so there's a lot to do and education is key content is king in this industry
1: yeah and well, let's talk about kind of the company itself. And I know it's a private company, so you can't share everything, but I'd love to know just, you know, why Portland? So where the founders from here? What's kind of the origin story of, of the company?
0: Yeah, founders are from here. Um, Darren Powderly, uh, co-founder, he's VP of sales, um, and Tor Steen, he's CEO and co-founder. Um, Darren really brings that commercial real estate expertise, very, very, very strong background there. Um, and Tor really brings that technology expertise. So when you think about our company, expertise is divided kind of between those and across those as well. And yeah. so um, really one of the key differentiators for us, we, we compete against those that have that really strong technology background and compete against those that have some really strong CRE, but really not in CRE, sorry, commercial real estate, um, not both. And so that's um, the two of them really understood that from the beginning. And then Portland has just been a great market for us. You know, we've been very well supported by the investor community mm-hmm. overall, um, really good fr- um, from human capital perspective um, and, you know, just a great place to be generally.
1: Yeah. So can you talk about the investment of what, if you guys raise money or what the that- is that public or
0: yeah we've had um, you know we had a seed round and um, a, a series a round uh, both and um, we had um, local we had local um, investors to start and then kind of um, in the series A expanded beyond that uh, with investors across the country
1: yeah so what is the makeup of and I'm kind of nerding out on just the the business and we'll come switch back to your career. Yeah. The makeup of like a typical investor, like who are the, do you, you know, who are these people who's coming to your platform? uh yeah yeah.
0: so um on the investor side really early on we had what you know these early adopters so typically they are people who may have already invested somehow in commercial real estate Mm -hmm. or maybe their family was in commercial real estate or they're just really savvy investors and understand this whole idea of alternative investing in other areas um and now we're moving into kind of the more average investor so we're still in you know high net worth folks Mm um of course um but people who typically are investing at $25,000 and above, um, you know, we, we have seen this just skyrocketing of people once they come on the platform and they invest their first time. It's almost like an addiction yeah. <laughs> because they get that first, <laughs> a you know, right? A healthy right? addiction, but they get that first quarterly payment yeah. and they see what, what's happening with their investment. Um, and then they start to invest more. And so, um, you know, we see a lot of repeat investors, mm-hmm. about 20% of our investor base right now has actually, invested more than a million dollars with us oh
1: wow yeah and i know this kind of started as a result of this act from the bomb administration and really it's because coming out of the recession right so a lot of these folks kind of were burned by you know not diversifying enough so i can see that you know um being really attractive, even as I think of investing. And, uh, you know, I, I still every day, I think of the recession and, and how bad it was, and it's going to come back. So that's it's an interesting platform. So yeah.
0: can, can I just add one thing? So one yeah. thing I think that we do, and you talked a little bit about content and education, and, and you know, obviously, it's a lo- it's complicated industry. And, mm-hmm. and so we really are trying to bring it down to the nuts and bolts for people. But the other thing that we do, and having that commercial real estate background that I mentioned earlier, is we very very diligently vet our um, offerings that come on to our marketplace. So mm-hmm. only about 3% of the offerings that come oh, to wow. us actually make it on to the marketplace. And so this whole idea of institutional quality is all that we focus on. So you can go out there and find other platforms where you can invest in residential, you can invest in fix and flips, etc. Mm-hmm. We don't do any of that. It's strictly institutional quality, um, commercial real estate. And so it's really just, it's a little different level. It's a, Premium yeah. um, experience over what you see out there.
1: Yeah, and you can tell definitely when you get, just you know go to the the site and, and uh, cruise around. And it's not a lot of these like someone coming into my Instagram for you just like flip coming seminar coming to right. Portland. You know, but <laughs> yeah. so I get there all the time. But uh, well, yeah. So your career and you are in telecom, so. How long were you in that industry? And you, I mean, you were marketing the whole time or?
0: Yeah, so I was um, at a company called Integra, mm-hmm. a local company, fairly well known, that was bought by another company called Zayo, which is about an almost $4 billion um, organization at this point. So I was there almost seven years. Okay. Started out in marketing. I then went on to also run product and sales enablement, including sales training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, kind of ran that whole gamut of um, product development all the way through to enabling sales. Sales and marketing yeah. the customer was really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, that marketing sales alignment thing is something that's coming up a lot to me yeah. just as I run my series of events, especially for B2B companies, right? So that's great experience. And how were you, were you, uh, someone reached out to you about this job? You saw it? or How, how did you connect with CrowdStreet?
0: Yeah, I was actually, um, somebody reached out on LinkedIn and it was good timing because uh, Zayo had purchased us um, in the fall of... 2017. Um, it, it went through in March and I was able to stay on and get my team all set up mm-hmm. and the structure in place. Um, and so it was a really good time because, you know, it was basically like starting a new job, all new bosses, all you know, new CEO, new yeah. company, new org. So I thought, well, you know, I can either onboard here or onboard somewhere else and, and maybe just a place where I could get more excited. Um, you know, I knew I'd have to really dig in and, and, and work hard. Yeah. Um, and so why not just take that to another org and, it was something with a little more excitement around the mission.
1: Yeah, and did did you know CrowdStreet at all, what they did? And this is like, past week I've talked to three CMOs that just like got cold emails over LinkedIn about a new CMO role. Didn't yeah. know anything about it. So it's interesting. To, I mean, were you kind of, you saw this like, well, this is, interesting, but it's, you know, starting from scratch, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was looking for a couple of things. So I knew once I had kind of made that decision to move on and, you know, being somewhere seven years, there's a comfort level. I had a great team. We were like a family, Mm -hmm. you know, you know how to get things done. I mean, there's just that comfort level, but I knew I was ready for my next challenge. And so, you know, I was looking for number one, again, I mentioned this already, but just a great mission and vision. Um, a group of people who are super passionate, something that was more transformative yeah. um, and and new and, um, you know, growing industry, obviously. So, you know, CrowdStreet has now doubled revenues three years in a row. Um, as you already mentioned, number three in the Portland Business Journal, fastest growing companies, lots of other stats I could point to, but it's it's an exciting place to be.
1: Yeah, it's a rocket ship, right? So, now how you transition transitioned to this, like, startup mindset, and have you been getting involved more in the startup community? Because your your company's one of those you know high growth companies and what's that been like coming from a you know, very kind of corporate environment to start up in that that new kind of scene if you will
0: well what was interesting about integra was you know we were although a very large company 600 million in revenue when i started um, it had been an organization that had been um had grown through, um, acquisition. Right. And so there was just a lot of fundamentals to put in place there. I mean, they were at that point, you know, they had a 90,000 customers and they were not even collecting email addresses as a default. (laughs) So we had less than one third of email contacts and this wasn't that many years ago. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, so I'm just saying that because we really were what we were um task to do there was really go up market. So we were shifting up market. We we're going after bigger customer. We had been going after kind of a um you know flower shops and whatnot. Okay. And so we were competing with folks like Comcast, whereas, you know, they were all competing on price. So we knew we had to shift up market. So we did that and and the result was Zayo bought us. And so kind of back to your question, um, you know, Zayo was a corporate entity and it didn't have that kind of startup entrepreneurial mentality. And, and even though Integra was large, it did. And that's really what I was, I was looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a little Portland a little bit and talent. I know you kind of mentioned to me, uh, you're going to be staffing up, uh, you know, some positions on your team, but I'm sure the company as a whole. So, since you've been there and some of the folks have been coming, have you been get, cultivating talent from the local market? People Are people moving here for the jobs? Or just you kind of curious for folks out there who might be looking for a new role? Yeah. And what,
0: you what? know um, – I've seen both. I mean, there are yeah. obviously a lot of people interested in moving here. And so mm-hmm. it's amazing to me to see resumes come across. that are basically, you know, hey, I don't need help with um, getting moved to Portland. We're planning on moving anyway. Would love to come talk to you about Crowd Street. So we, I get a lot of that. And then obviously we have some really deep local talent here. I think from being in being a startup, I mean, I think marketing these days obviously uh, it's sophisticated. You need to specialize. You need to know. Some some given areas but at the same time when you're a startup and you know you have people who go on vacation which I'm painfully experiencing this summer <laughs> <laughs> um, you know you need people that can kind of do a little bit of everything um, and so uh, you know I, I'm looking for specialization in some given areas but also the, some broad understanding of marketing generally okay. um, and then I'm offsetting obviously with vendors um, in yeah. in specific specialization so we just rebranded and we just redid our website Website And so we did a lot of outsourcing of some components. Okay. Let's
1: talk about the rebrand. I know yeah. when you came on board, when we first met, that was one of your, you kind of came right as that was starting or in the middle of it. So what was the thinking? I mean, you're a startup. So to kind of rebrand at this point, the life cycle of business, what was kind of the why <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. yes.
0: <laughs> well as you mentioned earlier you, I, I mentioned being a premium you know premium position yeah. premium offering that was not at all reflected in okay. our look and feel and our design um, so the the leadership had identified already like hey we need to rebrand and they had had one kind of off-site session a couple weeks before our, I started so I really was able to get in on the ground floor and mm. thankfully the leadership there including the board of directors was really behind the rebrand and behind it in the way that to do it the right way, which was great. So we, I did kind of put the brakes on a little bit on the direction we were heading, because Mm -hmm. what we hadn't done was really identified, okay, what do our customers think of us? So we did some customer interviews, obviously, Mm -hmm. employee interviews, some constituent interviews, and really got down on paper okay this is really who we are and what we represent now let's go out and build a design around that they were starting with the design which I think a lot of companies do um, and a lot of people associated and outside of marketing not marketers but as we all know we're always dealing with everybody thinking a brand is a logo yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so yeah we really started it the right way then did the design um, then went out to a website and um, you know in a good step fashion and but we did it very quickly too which so i started very end of september we launched a new brand and website on april 17th well
1: congrats for making it through that yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of like a lot so well what about the culture there what's it's i know again it's a startup but what's
0: yeah, very startupy Portland. You yeah. know, it's uh, completely open cubes. No, um, nobody has an office. Um, we have dogs running around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very startup feeling. Very collaborative. Very, you know, come by my desk and have a conversation. We use Slack like crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty standard Portland startup.
1: Very cool. And so, where else? What's what do you? Where is the expansion going? Is there anything you can share about where do you see? Maybe not only you know CrowdStreet as its own platform, but just this industry, which is pretty new still, yeah. how's it going to evolve?
0: So from a CrowdStreet perspective, as I mentioned earlier, we had these early adopters, right, that kind of came in and, and knew CrowdStreet or new commercial real estate investing. Um, and so we're now shifting over to somebody, you know, educating somebody that doesn't really have that knowledge. And so there's some arenas that we can expand there. Um, so, for example, if you think of a financial advisor mm. network, right, so mm. if we get in with a financial advisor, Um, and they're starting to talk to their clients. So we're looking at expanding the product um, to enable that, expanding the services and offerings to enable that, um, and et cetera. On the sponsor side, it's really just about making the platform easier to use. So essentially our platform for the sponsors is a CRM for commercial real estate. Um, And so it does kind of all the standard CRM activities and so ensuring that um, we kind of keep up with what is going on out there. And um, so it's really interesting from a market. Marketer's perspective to be able to be with a company. I mean, commercial real estate software sounds pretty boring, but when you think about actually what it's enabling and doing, it's very much a marketing platform.
1: Absolutely. I mean, obviously, that's I'm sure very regulated, and it's probably you know changing. So, and you you come from a regulated industry, so is that just something you're like I'm, I'm used to, or or what's the regulation challenges like, or
0: Yeah, it's not nearly as bad now as it was in telecom. Okay. (laughs) So uh, yeah, this is pretty much pretty easy. You know, the one thing we need to really worry about is security. I mean, we're right. We're um, taking a lot of information um, from folks uh, and, you know, they're giving us their hard-earned money, essentially, Mm -hmm. Um, not us. We're kind of the neutral party, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's what's happening via our platform. And so, you know, that's something we think about a lot.
1: Cool. Well, Molly, thanks so much. Uh, I just, um, you know, your company is very interesting to me as personally as an investor potentially, but also just, you know, the growth of it and being here in Portland. So thanks for sharing.
0: Thanks so much for the time.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden and you've been listening to the PDX executive podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and to hear previous episodes and access the full library visit pdxexecutiveforums.com.